What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. Today, I have another eight-figure entrepreneur on the podcast. It's uh, some amazing takeaways from Heather Rickman. Heather is a rock star business owner, runs multiple businesses. She is incredibly humble, so don't listen to her on the beginning talking about uh, how she just does a couple things. She is amazing. And um, some different takeaways today. We talked a little bit about uh, what it's like to be uh, a woman in the real estate business now and uh, some of her takeaways from the event. It's just an amazing interview. I hope you guys enjoy it. I'm gonna run the theme music and then we'll be back with Heather Rickman. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity, and that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. All right, everybody, we are back with another show and I'm really excited. We're still uh, in this uh, eight-figure entrepreneur group where we've been, I've been going through and interviewing some of the folks that were at the event with me just, uh, I don't know, a couple weeks ago now and uh, getting some of their experience. And I think the trickle-down effect is really gonna help you to, for them, you to hear some of their big takeaways and everybody got something different. Every person that I've interviewed so far, there's something different that was their either favorite presentation, the big thing that they got uh, from the event. So I've been enjoying this and I really wanna interview like every single one of them. So I'm gonna push them all to be on the show and figure out kind of what the big takeaway was for them. And I think it's gonna help you in your business and your life and the journey that you're on, your hero's journey um, out there. So today I have my good friend, Heather Rickman. She's amazing. Uh, she's never been on the show. So I hope you guys give her a ton of support and, and listen to this whole show because she's absolutely awesome. Heather, thank you so much for doing this. I'm excited to talk with you. Thank you. So you have not been on the show before, so you can give everybody a little bit about you, who you are, kind of where you are, and maybe even kind of how you've kind of uh, got, got started in, in real estate and what it's been like for you. Sure. So I've been in some form of real estate for many years. I started out my adult life as a commercial real estate appraiser. And then um, during the heavy foreclosure period, I started a, um, a foreclosure cleanup company. We did, you know, locks, rekeys, um, all that good stuff. And we were in probably eight different states, maybe nine states for several years. We actually just closed that down a few years back and um, I transitioned into flipping. And yeah, I've been loving that for about six years now. I've been doing um, wholesaling, flipping. Um, I also have a, a real estate brokerage, so I do retail um, residential sales as well. Okay, and where is all that right now? Like where is most oh, of your business take place? Yeah, so most of my business is in the um, Tacoma, Seattle market. So um, I would say about 90% of what I'm doing is right here right now. I'm, I'm starting to expand in some other markets. I'm looking into the Dallas area right now and possibly Nashville. Oh, nice. Yeah. Come see me. Come so, visit you. <laughs> yeah, I'd love it. So I, um, I want to ask you a question. There's something that you said when you said uh, when the big foreclosure boom was happening, you started a business. So what was that like? Did you see like the opportunity? You saw this um, as something that you could really grow and scale. Like, why did you decide to do that? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I was in I was a subdivision specialist and just kind of watching what was going on in the market and then just seeing, you know, the foreclosure crisis I did. I'm like, OK, what's next? My business was starting to slow down. I went from, you know, just keeping really, really busy with new developments to, OK, what what's next? 
and, uh, and, and I saw it. I saw the opportunity and I, I started reaching out um, to, to lenders and asking, you know, what can we do to, you know, get these properties? One of them was in the neighborhood I lived in. I'm like, you know, every time you pass it, there's, you know, overgrown grass and, you know, mail piling up. And so I'm like, okay, how do we, how do we get in? And honestly, getting in wasn't the easy part. But once I was in, um, it took off really, really fast. And we, uh, we became, I would say, probably one of the largest ones in, in the United States. We did, uh, we did all of we grew really, really fast. It was, it was pretty amazing. So, so that initial conversation, you saying my business is slowing down a little bit, um, I wanna figure out what my next step is, and you started reaching out to some people to ask them um, what they needed. Like how, so it sounded like it was a lender conversation, and them say, you know what, and, and from that conversation, were they saying, hey, we're having trouble you know, with boots on the ground in these areas, we're, this is some of the needs that we have, and then you built a business around that? How did that work? Yeah, so I was originally, I was hoping that I could um, kind of get in, get in the door and then maybe start selling the houses. And I, you know, my mind was, of course, going to way in the future, like, where is this going to take me? Um, but they, they offered me grass cuts. Like, I know nothing about landscaping. I don't think I've even mowed my own lawn. And I, I wasn't really interested in cutting grass, but I needed, I needed the, um, the relationship. So when they said, hey, can you, can you cut the grass? I'm like, I guess I'll cut the grass. So they, uh, they uh, got me onboarded and I cut grass for a little bit and it went from, I wanna say the first week, they gave me 26 houses and um, I showed them that I could get through those 26 houses and then they said, so uh, we have a pretty big drop. Do you think you can handle more? I'm like, well, how many more? And they said, how about 2,000? Like, oh, 2,000, huh? <laughs> and I don't say no. <laughs> so I'm like, give me 2,000. So, uh, so my job went from just having one or two people helping me cut 26 grass cuts to um, pretty much the entire western coast of Washington. Every, every grass cut that needed done, we were cutting grass. So. But once we were in the door, that's when they said, okay, you know, we see that you're able to um, maintain these orders. A lot of it has to do with more than just cutting the grass. It's all about you know, property inspections and getting photos uploaded and handling the back end. And when they saw that we could handle that, then they're like, okay, well now, then they just started handing us everything. And then from there, it's like, well, how do you feel about expanding into another state? And we just ended up just growing really, really fast. And how, how big did that company get? Like eight states I heard, um, and you probably had a lot of people working. What was the kind of revenue and size of the company? Do you remember? Um, so we did uh, about three million a year. Okay. Well, so the, the reason I'm asking all this stuff in the beginning of the conversation, it's not even something that you're doing right now, is because there's probably a lot of people out there that are just like, you know what, this person is really successful, so I'm just going to, and they have been for the last five years, I'm just going to start doing what they do. And, uh, and they're not really like looking for the opportunities or something that's opening up or some place that they're at the right time in the right place for. And if that's maybe flipping houses or wholesaling houses or buying, a, whatever it is, you know, where, wherever they're at, but they're not necessarily looking. And that's one thing that I took from Damon's presentation, which I think we're, I'm sure we'll get to, right? But he kind of talked about this hip hop as an emerging technology. And he saw that and he really loved it. And he saw an opportunity there. He said he wasn't good at, you know, singing and dancing and stuff like that. And uh, he said he was too small to uh, sling crack rock and go to prison. So he said that, you know, he looked at it, he wanted to be a part of this and he was really passionate about it. And so he saw an opportunity. And I, I think a lot of people missed that. And so what I heard even in the very beginning of yours was, 
uh, things were changing. You saw this kind of pivot happening in your business, and you, there was an opportunity there for you to do this thing. And uh, I thought that was really interesting. And built a three million dollars a year. So if you're listening to this, like, how would you love to do that um, in a business? So, okay. Well, and uh, the, the thing about that is, like, three million dollars. Um, at $26 in order or $30 in order. Um, at first, you're like, oh my gosh, this is never going to take off. So at 26 grass cuts, it wouldn't have worked out. But when they started handling us, you know, a lot of them, they're like, okay, I can do this. Did you physically cut the grass for those first 26? Those first 26, I cut some grass. Yeah. So, yeah. Tall so the other grass. thing, yeah, I bet. The other thing <laughs> that if you're listening to this, uh, I hope what you hear is, Sometimes it takes a little bit of uh, time, a little bit of muscle, a little bit of determination to actually get to get the ball rolling, right? So a lot of people, they want to get to $3 million but not have to get out of bed or, or leave their house or actually do any of the work. So in the beginning, you know, a lot of times I remember, I remember what I was just like making offers, knocking doors, like handwriting my own letters and stuff like that in the very beginning of my business. And nobody sees all that work that you do in the dark um, when you get brought into the light of a $3 million company in eight states, right? And they're just like, oh, yeah, she's got it made now. Um, so uh, you, you're going to have to do some of that stuff. All right, let's get, let's get to the, uh, what we came here to talk about. So the event, what did you think about the event? You showed up at this uh, crazy house. What were some of your first thoughts? Oh, my gosh. Uh... Well, first of all, the house was amazing. I, uh, I don't think I've stayed at a place like that before. And I, I've, I love to vacation, so I've seen some places. But this was insane. I was constantly taking videos because every time I went somewhere, I'd see something new. Uh, it took me, what, three days to find the shortcut to the kitchen. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was insane. It was beautiful, absolutely gorgeous. And yeah. I got the coolest room. I don't. I know everybody thinks I'm crazy, but that was literally the coolest room ever. I had the yeah, voodoo. So there's 29 uh, bedrooms in this house, I think, and and there was one called the Voodoo Suite. And so I showed a lot of the pictures ahead of time, and everybody's like, "I'll sleep anywhere, just not in that room. It's really weird." <laughs> Um, I remember just, I was actually going to leave it open. I didn't think that anybody was going to want to stay in it. So I had a, I had a plan to leave that one open and have uh, one of our guests who was only staying for one night stay in there. But um, there was actually like a little bit of a, of a battle for it in the end. So Heather got the voodoo room and I'm going to ask won. her, go ahead. What are you going to say? I won. You did I win. <laughs> you did win. Although some other people would probably say that you lost, but you, you won. <laughs> yes, and um, so what we'll do is, uh, do you, have, you have some pictures of it, right? And I have some video of it. Yeah. So what we'll, what we'll do is um, we'll include it in the email that we send out so you guys can see a picture of what the voodoo room looks like. Um, so I'll have Heather send me a couple of pictures after this and we'll, we'll drop it in the email. So if you're not on our email list, you need to go to sevenfigureflipping.com and, and jump on there. And we'll, uh, we'll make sure that you get this email and check it out because it's a really, really cool place. So... Uh, were you sleep okay in there? It was like there were shrunken heads in the bathroom on the ceiling. There was there was like a million trinkets in this room. I've never seen so much stuff in a room. It was crazy, wasn't it? Every square inch had something, something hanging from it, something attached to it. It was cool. But if you're going to stay at a place called Pirate's Cove, you got to get the, the voodoo room. You got a full experience. That's right. You did it. You did it right. Let's put it that way. So, um, so the first day we had uh, Bill Wilder come in and we did some yeah. work with kind of breath work and the, the beginning of the hero's journey and kind of uh, diving a little deeper into our identity and stuff like that. Um, what did you think about that first day? Oh, I mean, to be honest, I had a lot of anxiety leading up, knowing the little bit that I knew about what we were going to be doing, the 
I, I like being warm. I like my fuzzy blankets. I like, yeah, I'm a warm person. So knowing the whole time that we were going to be getting in some ice water, that was rough. Um, and then after we did it, hearing we were doing it twice, <laughs> what's going on? No, but honestly, that was, um, it was amazing. And I, um, I, we knew a little bit about that before we got there, you know, speaking to Bill before we got there, I, I had done a little bit of research, but um, I was most excited about that part. Um, just, you know, I, I went in very open-minded. I wanted to get everything out of it, and I, I believe I did. But Bill, that was, um, that was intense. I, I still can think back to, you know, like the breathing and the and just getting in there, just thinking, you know, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. And uh, just, just getting through it was, it was, it was amazing. So we did some uh, Wim Hof breathing techniques. If you if you're listening to this, I would encourage you to go to YouTube and just um, check that out and and you know consider uh, doing some of those. I actually do some breathing like that before every uh, presentation that I do. Like at Flip Hacking Live when I'm on stage and other places, I'll sit down for 11 minutes and do one of his YouTube videos and, and do a breathing exercise. It's really been really powerful. I was introduced to it by Bill Wilder too, uh, before we went in the cold water at his uh, center there in North Carolina. And we did some here and introduced some of those folks. Um, it was it was really good. What were some, what was it like, I, I maybe some of the biggest, do you have a breakthrough or anything from that first day that um, that you're interested in sharing or something that might help some of the listeners uh, as a takeaway from that first day and something maybe they can do? Um, something they can do? Okay, well, the breathing part, um, I watched a little bit of the Wim Hof beforehand and you're kind of like, oh, that's kind of goofy. You know, you're looking at it and you're like, oh, they're, you know, they're just like really getting into it. I'm like, oh, you know, that's kind of goofy. But then you do it and you're like, oh my gosh, this is just like liberating. And um, just being able to clear your mind. Uh, I know a lot of us run a million miles a minute and there's not a lot of downtime. Not a, I don't spend a lot of time just, you know, just being in the moment. And that day we had several moments of being in the moment. Um, and, and it was really good. It was really good for my soul. It was... Um, Especially the part, so we could talk about like the actual, we cool with that? Like, yeah. Okay, so um, after being in the ice tub, which is like a, like a keg, a keg of ice water, um, you guys handed us this block of ice, just like a small block of ice, and sent us into the gigantic hot tub. Um, and then, you know, you're just getting out of this ice bath, so your mind is just strangely clear. And then you're, you know, they'd said, you know, just this is like a representation of letting things go. And then that ice crumbled in the hot water. And it was, it was like very symbolic of all of the things that we were letting go of, all of the stress and the, the negativity and the can't do this or, you know, where am I at type things. The, just kind of a breakthrough of, I don't know, it was just really freeing. Yeah. The, uh, so we talked a lot about shame and self-doubt there. And I think yeah. what, um, what happens is we carry that stuff around. And um, if, you, like, if, you go, if you go sit in an ice bath at your house and get out and grab an ice block and sit into a hot tub and let it melt, it's a, it's a very different experience than you're going to get on a retreat like this. So if you try to replicate this at home, um, I don't think you're going to get the same result. I would encourage anybody out there to find an event like this, a place like this, a group like this to go do this exercise in, even if it's just 
at a center where it's you and a spouse or just you by yourself, where somebody else facilitating it, because it's very different. Like I've tried to replicate this um, at home, by the way, and it just (laughs) just doesn't work. Although I can do a lot, I can get a lot out of something like that, like doing a nice bath and getting into the warm shower afterwards. I can get, um, I can intentionally go into it knowing what I'm trying to do, but uh, having a facilitator and somebody there that's, um, that's guiding that um, with music and, and uh, even other people around and figuring out the group dynamic. Like we, we've never done this in a group before, so this is the first time we, ha- we did this in a group dynamic. And I think it, it went really, really well. Um, so we were bringing fears into that cold water in the first one, um, something that we're like been like running away from for a while and like sitting in it and then letting go. Um, and so uh, if you're listening to this, I think it's a very powerful exercise, but I would really encourage you to figure out um, a retreat or some place that you can go to do something like this because it is really powerful. Once you drop that and let it go, like you can run really fast. That's what I found. So I don't What did you think? I agree. It was... Um... Again, like going into it, I'm completely open-minded, but a couple of days before that, I'm like, okay, this does seem goofy, but then I'm like, no, we're doing this. And when they asked, you know, who's ready, I'm like, let's do this. Let's, let's get in there. Let's, I just want to, I want to experience this. And, and it was, it was, it was really amazing, but yeah, you're right. I, it, it was guided. I don't know that I would do that on my own. Um, having you guys kind of walk us through it was, that, that was the key, I'm sure. But, um, and also the group. I, I know it was the first time doing it as a group, and, and again, of course, all this negativity before I get there, I'm like, what am I going to do? All these people that I don't know very well, and you know, they're going to be watching me get in this cold water, and it was, uh, I, was, I was pretty nervous, but it was, um, first of all, the group was amazing. I, I've come out of that with some amazing friendships and relationships, and they were, everybody was, was great. Awesome. Yeah, I saw you, like, all right, I'm ready to go and just jump up and say, I'm next. And it was, it was really cool to see that. Yeah. From, um, because it just, it wasn't long before that where I was like, Hey, who's a little bit uh, nervous about this and not ready to go. And you were like, yeah, me. <laughs> yeah. The second day we talked about, uh, kind of the global belief systems, like big beliefs and stuff. And we kind of dove into that and some local beliefs. Um, that was just a half day. We were going to do a full day, but we took kind of the second half off to, uh, just kind of decompress a little bit from the first, I thought the first day was like a lot of hard work and very emotional. And so the second day we talked about global beliefs. Um, what about that? What are some, any takeaways that you had from kind of that day? Uh, to be completely honest, day one was like, it was mentally exhausting um coming into day two i'm really glad that we had that half day because really we i i needed almost a full day to just really process everything that happened because i I think that was just a huge breakthrough day for me i did come into into this whole mastermind with you thinking like i don't belong here you know these people are just so so successful and so cool like what am I doing and of course all that self-doubt and it it took a minute for me to get past that it took the first day it took the first day for me to get past that so I don't know that's kind of where I was on day two was kind of feeling like I was fitting in oh that's good Um, because (laughs) there's a lot of guys in that group (laughs) there is a lot of guys and I I do want to talk about that so uh, you were the only woman who was there um, like as the business owner right so we had a couple other women that were there Taryn was there as my assistant and um, Liz was there Joseph's wife wife Liz but that's pretty much it right so how does that feel Um, maybe maybe you can speak to the other women that are out there how does it feel in business on a regular basis 
uh, maybe we start there because it probably is something that you get and feel a lot. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, so in this situation, it was a little intimidating at first, um, but in the grand scheme of things, I have been um, a woman in a lot of businesses where it's mostly male dominated. Um, even in the REO businesses, it's a construction company. I own a construction company. I'm a general contractor as well. So I'm, I'm used to showing up and, and people wondering, you know, where's, where's the person I need to talk to? <laughs> That's me. Uh, so I, I'm just, I'm kind of used to that part, but this one, um, I think the, the harder part for this was that I knew that there was going to be a little bit more um, emotional and, you know, kind of getting past fears and things like that. And that's the part of me that I don't want to let men see because I do need to walk into every situation I feel maybe coming across a little stronger than most just to prove that I know what I'm doing and I can, you know, like I am the person you need to talk to and you need to trust and believe that I know what I'm talking about. Um, so going in there and being like, okay, now I need to be vulnerable, that was the scary part because I, I can't really do that in business so much. Well, I don't do, you know, we don't do that in business. But um, so yeah, that was that was uh, that was my biggest fear for coming into this group with a bunch of bunch of men. So and how was it? Like, did you feel like that was the case when you were there for the week or uh, not? Not at all. Uh, it, it was it was kind of strange that it that it didn't feel that way um, after day one. It was like you know, it just kind of felt like part of the group, and we all were sharing similar experiences and. Um, and people, that was actually the, a huge takeaway too, is that everybody was going through something. You know, we all, on the outside, it might look like things are a certain way, but then you kind of get down to it and you're like, okay, we all are struggling from, you know, something, whether it's, you know, getting to that next level and what's keeping us back or, you know, personal problems or whatever. Everybody's got something that you don't know is going on in their life. So just kind of being open-minded and, and vulnerable. I was, you know, I, I really opened up in the group. And, um, yeah, I, like I said, the, the relationships that I came home with are, they're, it, it's amazing. I, I've got some people that I text every once in a while. I'm like, so how are you doing with this or that? Like, it's, it's been, they're, they're all great friends now. That's and awesome. You I got you on Speed Dots. So I'll be texting you. I'm here. I'm here for you all the time. <laughs> you know that. Um, and I, I love, uh, I love that take on it. I would say there's probably, I don't know what it's like, you know, to be a, a woman business owner in, because uh, I mean, I, th I do think that our mastermind group has gotten a lot better. Like we've had a lot more female business owners come in and, and grow, um, not too many to the size business and multiple businesses that you have. Um, so seeing that, like, I really want to figure out how we encourage that, how we bring more of that into what we do. And maybe like a, a male owner of the mastermind and the person who's on stage the majority of the time uh, brings in and attracts more people that are like them, right? Especially a military guy and stuff like that. So, you know, figuring out how to do that is is a challenge for me, but I, we really do encourage that. I would love to bring uh, more female leaders into the company, more people that are uh, coming up inside of our mastermind groups and things like that. So like not knowing that, it's interesting to hear what you said where you, you don't want to let the vulnerable side in. It's funny because we don't either. Like we definitely don't want to be seen because you know what's you know what's interesting is like vulnerability and openness and, and honesty and, and being genuine is almost looked at as being weak sometimes yeah. and I, I think that just needs to flip on its head and um, 
I mean, most of the men in the in the room on the first day were crying a lot more than you. So <laughs> it's like they were they were very open and vulnerable, and I, I, it was interesting to see that because I I bet if I asked them, they would say the same thing that you said. Like, I can't do that in business. I don't have anybody to share this with. I am looked at as weak if I do that. And, um, and so it's interesting to hear your perspective as well. And I, so I could see how that might be something that you've had to deal with a lot more than us. And, um, but most men are doing the same thing. Like, they're not willing to be vulnerable. They're not willing to share their problems and issues and um, it, with other men or women. So, yeah. um, so it's, it's interesting, it's a very similar uh, issues. So uh, I think if, if what, what advice would you give to female business owners out there? Is there anything that, that you've, you've had, like as you're going through that and they're, they're looking at you like, who do I need to talk to? Like, how did you handle that? What kind of advice can you give them, especially even if they're just getting started? Oh, man, advice for female business owners. Um, I guess, well, just kind of what I said, like you don't know other people's stories and you also don't know their perceptions. So stop putting those thoughts in your head that you're going to be looked at a certain way or, or another because you're a woman. That's, you know, I, that part I've overcome a long, you know, long time ago, but that was definitely one of my biggest hurdles when I started is that they're not gonna look at me in the construction business as somebody that can be respected because I, I don't swing a hammer very well. But um, you, don't, you don't know what they're thinking about you and uh, you gotta give them something to, to remember you by just go in there and be professional be yourself be strong and run your business mm, that is so good i love that that's that's amazing advice um yeah that's awesome okay uh let's skip let's skip ahead to um to the last day the last day we had um dr shannon come in um, what did you think about that presentation uh, from her i well it's so hard. If you were to ask me which one I liked the best, I'm like, oh my gosh, how do you top this one or that one? But um, I took the most notes during her presentation. I'm I love the um, you know the stats and the reality that she put with with the I guess the psychology. The what is she a neuro? Yeah, neuroscientist. Yeah, she has yeah. a background. Uh... Yeah. So it was, you know, just kind of hearing some of the things that she was saying, like, okay, that makes perfect sense. And one thing that I, like, I remember her saying was like, ninety percent of what we do during the day in our thoughts are autopilot. That's, you know, those using the old part of our brain, and we're just kind of doing the same thing, keeping ourselves alive. So there's just that little bit that we have to really focus on. So I try to remember remember that, and I I do need to do my recording still, but. Um, but yeah, that was a really great takeaway for me is just remembering that you can't live on autopilot. Yeah, I, I, I love that stuff. That The science of the brain really has, I've enjoyed digging into that the past like year or so. And our belief systems and the stories that we tell ourselves and really everything is just, it's in our subconscious. Uh, like yeah. the majority of the decisions that we make every single day just being made because it, from our programming from the past, right? Yeah. Which is, is everything that we, in the beginning of this event, we tried to, put all that on the table and figure out why our identity is structured that way from our past uh, wounds, fears, all those things, and then figure out how to run, a, like run towards the direction that we want to go and leave that stuff behind, and then reprogram our brain to make decisions that we want to make and bring the things to the surface. So uh, I, thought she was, I thought she was outstanding, really amazing. And then, um, and then what about Damon John? What did you think about him? 
Oh my gosh, I can't believe that that happened. We were, we were watching the, the video and I, I think I was sitting by Niles, I'm like, there's no way. We were just like, there's just no way. Like, why are they sending, why are they showing us so much about him? And I had no idea. That was like, that was just an amazing surprise to have him there. And I mean, what was there, what, 12, 14 of us? And in walks Damon. <laughs> it was uh, it was awesome. It was, and he was just so uh, real. You know, he didn't come across as some celebrity or very open and uh, answered all of our questions. It was it was an amazing experience. Yeah, I think the the perspective that he gave was really good. What where what's a yeah. like something that you took from it? Was it just the fact that he was real, or is there anything that you um, like big takeaway that you might have gotten from that one? listening to his story I was like you know what so I was talking about how he uh, he had his house had sleeping bags and uh, and sewing machines and I'm like that reminds me of when I started the REO business I my table was my invoice papers like my whole house had been converted to a business and everybody had to work around it and like yeah there were some really tough times getting started um, and and you know, not every business. I've 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 started a lot of businesses, and they don't always take off. And um, and sometimes you just have to to regroup and go in a different direction. But that that really was like, yep, that's that's how our brains work. Yeah, he uh, he told a story for those listening. He told a story about um, he had basically a sewing operation out of his house when he originally started Fubu. There were people like sleeping on the floor, and he had hired his friends and stuff to come in and learn how to sew, and they were doing all this stuff and just trying to figure out how to get it off the ground. And uh, it was really interesting to hear that um, and understand what it was like when it just wasn't working, right? Because just yeah. like we talked about in the beginning of the show, it's so great when everything's going well and you're making money and everybody sees you as a giant success, it's all the things that you did before that and put in the work and the time to build it up that they don't see and don't think about and everybody just wants to be you or be in your shoes at that point and is not willing to put in all the work up front or all the pain or all the struggle or the, um, the sacrifices, right? <laughs> right? So it was interesting to see that. Um, I really enjoyed spending time with him. I really enjoyed watching you guys interact with him too. Um, me being able to ask him questions for 45 minutes was really cool. And then yeah. being able to pass the mic to you guys and let you ask questions, it was, it was really, really nice to see. And I, even for me, like from where I was sitting, I could see all the reactions from you guys. And so when I would ask a question, I, I would actually think about what you guys needed and ask him that question. I saw like six people go, oh yes, thank you for yes. asking that. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking that exact question. So um, yeah. it really challenged me to be a better interviewer um, and stand up to him. And then you guys asking like amazing questions after that was, we got some really, really great things from it. Um, because I mean, an hour and a half or two hours with him might not be that good if we don't ask good questions. You know, it's just kind of like, just gonna talk then. And so it was really cool to see. I got a, I got a ton from it. I have, uh, I, I, I can't wait to go back and watch it uh, again and, and take some notes and stuff like that here soon, so. Yeah, me too. Um, I was a little starstruck. I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> like, this is so cool. <laughs> so overall, um, after the event, um, what uh, what were your overall feeling about it? And um, and what would you say to somebody who's out there, like, thinking about going to an event, joining a mastermind, being around high-level people, things like that? Um, so 
When you, so all of these people that were at the event were all from different places in the country. These aren't people that I'm going to go have lunch with in Tacoma. So it's for me, it's a lot about the relationships and talking to people that are in the same place or a similar situation where they've been there and helping me get past different hurdles in my business. I, I loved every presentation, but I'll tell you when we had um, – our pool time where we just all kind of got in a group and we just talked. I can't even tell you, I wish I could have taken a notebook into the pool with me, but I got it all here. I know who to call. I'm um, just listening to other people talk about how they, how they did something or I'll mention something. They're like, you're still doing that. Like, yeah, I'm still doing that. Why not? Spencer, you were like, Oh yeah, you shouldn't be doing that anymore. Why don't you do this? You know, just listening to people that are just, you know, just so smart and, just in different places in their business. And then the same thing from you or me or whoever, you say something and somebody else will be like, oh, I hadn't thought about that. So having the opportunity to just sit there in a small group like that and just talk. A lot of times I'll go out and people will tell me to stop talking about work. And it was so welcoming that everybody wanted to talk about it and we wanted to talk about it. So I got so much out of that part of it. Um, and every day we, I think, there was a time during the day, every day we were there that we all sat and, and talked business, so. Yeah, that's that. a good point. <clears throat> a lot of people tell me to shut up about real estate and work and business and, and stuff like that and entrepreneurship. And uh, it is really welcome there. Like, uh, whenever I leave these events, I'm, I like lose my voice, my throat hurts. Uh, just, we're talking and just sharing so much. And then, um, I, that's what I really am looking forward to about our event in April at the Mastermind in, in Paradise that we're doing, the, the Tropical Mastermind in Cancun, because like over half of that event is just relaxing by the pool, networking, being on the beach, playing games, talking to different business owners. And so uh, I would encourage anybody who's listening uh, to kind of jump in and join us at that Mastermind meeting. Um, it will be a little bit bigger, but um, so the small groups that break out there are so amazing and, and the events and, and time that we get to spend together is exactly what I need. It's really cool to watch it. I remember last year, Adam Whitney is outside of the restaurant, like calling somebody else's lead uh, because she was having trouble getting on the phone with him. He's like, give me, your, give me their phone number, let me just, show you how to do it. And there was like 30 people around listening to that. And these little pop-up late night sessions and, and things that people are doing where they're having um, specific topics where they're meeting to talk about during the downtimes. It was, it's really cool to see that. And, and meetings by the pool and people sitting at the bar talking about work and stuff. It, it really, really cool. It gives you an opportunity to do a lot of that. So I can't yeah, wait for that one. Lot of, there's a lot of times in business where you feel kind of alone or, um, yeah, kind of alone. You know, you you run a business and it's not like you just go out and, and run into other people doing the same thing. But here we're purposely running into each other doing the same thing. So yeah, I uh, it's priceless. I I love the group and, um, and I can't wait for April actually. I'm excited for that. It's gonna be good. And so, all right, well, uh, is there anything that you want to leave the listeners with? Maybe it's uh, maybe it's a young woman out there who's interested in starting starting a business. Maybe it's one of the uh, female business owners are out there. Um, and because I think that's I know we've talked before. I think that is definitely a passion of yours. Like, what would you say to them? How would you encourage them to just kind of keep going or something like that? Uh, well, I would love to see more women in this group. I want more women in this group. <laughs> so, um, you know, I guess just getting past the self-doubt on, uh, you know, can you do it or are you going to take away from something else by, by going out there and, and running a business and 
No, you're not. It's, I, mean, I, I couldn't even imagine doing something besides what I do now. Um, so I don't know if I have any great advice, but if you're thinking about it, I, I say take a chance on yourself and do it. You've got the strength. Just do it. And then come to the groups that I have more women to hang out with. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I love we, the guys too. But <laughs> we welcome uh, the women with open arms, uh, guys too. But it, I, I would really love to see um, a, a way that we can continue to foster um, uh, female business owners to, to kind of rise up and, and continue that. I, the, the thing that I'll share with the, the women that are out there, and um, granted, I haven't been in your position before, but um, we have done, I have done a lot of coaching and training with uh, male and female business owners. And um, what I want you to know is you are not your, your like circumstance. You are not your background. You are not what you do right now. It's like the I am statements are a lot of times what's holding you back. I am a wife. I am a mom. I am a mom of four kids. I am a stay at home mom. Like these kind of things a lot of times can really like we talked about the hero's journey at this event and your identity it, that wraps around your essence of who you were truly were, who God's calling you to be, where your direction that you're going. And um, the shame and self-doubt comes with all of that stuff. Like, I'm not going to be there for my kids. I won't be there for my spouse. I won't be able to support this. I won't be able to do that. And um, I think a lot of times that's really what holds us all back is these I am statements. And if you're a man and you're listening, it's holding you back too. It's just different. And maybe it's, uh, you know, I'm a dad or I'm a, I'm a husband or I'm, I'm an engineer or I'm a pilot or I'm all of these things. Like, well, like who do you really want to be and what do you really want to do? And that's a part of you, but that doesn't define you of, ex of everything. So if you have this calling, if you have this tap on the shoulder, if you want to go in a direction and, and you say, I, I can't because I am this, then that's what's shackling you right now. And you need to figure out how to work through that and, and find somebody who is okay who can be a wife, who can be a mom, and who can be a business owner and be truly comfortable in their skin and what they're doing um, to, to be able to continue to do it without, without shame, without doubt. And I'm, that stuff creeps in all of our heads all the time. It, it'll creep in, it creeps in on all of us. Um, but figure out the tools and the tactics and, and some of the things and the mindset and the, the belief systems that they use to push past that stuff. So um, I'd say that's my advice for you if you're out there and you're, um, a, a, uh, a woman uh, who's trying to, like, you have this calling to go do this, to start your business, like, and, and you don't need anybody else, you don't. Like, it's, I've, I've watched Heather, I've watched uh, Becca, I've watched uh, Stephanie Betters, I've watched so many, uh, Ariane Lemire, so many amazing female business owners. Uh, Bianca Tinsley is just incredible with what they're doing. Like, um, I, and I, I even hate naming all these names because I'm sure there's gonna be a female business owner that's like, oh, he didn't tell me. Jennifer Ross is a massive inspiration to a lot of people like, um, um, it's just incredible to see. And if you're a woman out there, Sherry, uh, I'm looking at you too. Like, uh, believe me, we, I see you. Like, you're absolutely amazing. And if I didn't name you, I'm sorry. I would love to list 50 different, 100 different women that are in our world. But I'll tell you, it's, um, it's really impressive to see anybody, man or woman, out there to start a business like this because it's not easy. Um, but it is 100% worth it. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. All right, Heather, 
where can people find out more about you if they want to look you up? Maybe they want you to cut their grass in Tacoma, Washington. <laughs> How can they reach out to you and find you? And, and what are you looking I for? I will find like, you a grass cutter. <laughs> <laughs> what are you looking for right now um, uh, that, that they can help you with? Because I'll tell you, the best way to get, to get to somebody as high level as you and me and everybody else that was at this event is to figure out how they can give back, do a bunch more, um, and do business with them. Um, so I think I'd mentioned to you that I am expanding right now. My next one is in Texas. I think we're going into the Dallas area market or Fort Worth market. Um, so I'd love some connections in that neighborhood. I'm kind of starting from scratch down there. Um, you can find me, uh, Heather Rickman, Rickman Real Estate on Facebook, Heather Rickman on Instagram. Cool. Well, Heather, uh, it's always a pleasure to hang out with you. You are amazing. Um, and uh, thank you for uh, accepting the challenge of being the only female business owner in our eight-figure group. And I'm glad that um, you had a great time at the event. I really am, because I know, um, I would say, I wouldn't say I was pushing you really hard, but I was definitely pushing you because um, I was, I, I, I don't know. I just, I could see, I think there's like so much more there and you can really blow up and get like, even bigger than you think that you can get. And if we can help you do that, I, I, I love it. I'm so glad that you came and joined us. And I'm so glad that you stayed in the voodoo room. So I didn't have to. <laughs> me too. Thanks for pushing me. I don't know. I mean, I'm so glad that I went. So thank you. All right, Heather. Thanks. And thanks okay. for coming on the show. I appreciate oh, you're you welcome. Uh, coming out of the comfort zone a little bit. Did you have fun? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Thank you. All right, everybody. We will see you on the next show. Um, reach out to Heather if you need anything. And if you want to join our uh, our event that's coming up in April, it's not too late. We have a couple more days before kind of the end, but you've got to jump into one of our mastermind groups. So go to sevenfigurealtitude.com, fill out an application, um, see if we're the right fit for you, you're the right fit for us. And we'd love to extend an invite for you to join us in the mastermind and out in Cancun in our April event. So it's going to be amazing. Uh, this event is, is such an incredible event. We'd love to have you. You can network with people like uh, Heather and Spencer and all the people that have been on the podcast recently about their Navy Figure Group and our Altitude and Runway programs. So, uh, all right, until next time, I'll see you guys on the next show. Bye.